all you have. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing really all that new going on out here in the Rim. So I figured we'd get right to the news. Because there is something that I've covered in a previous episode that has made it back into the news again. And this is really sparking my interest. The unauthorized Star Wars bar less period. The Empire strips back. And it's back in the news again. So if you got some kids listening, you might want to skip ahead. Not that there's anything that's that bad, but I don't think that they would understand what I'm talking about. And the SEX word is used a couple of times. So just to be on the safe side. But there is something about this show that keeps getting it into the news. And it's really sparking my interest. So I reached out to some of my friends and relatives that live in this area and had them go and check this show out. So this was the feedback I got. One of them told me that it was Star Wars inspired sexy and it brought comedy, pop culture, humor, and the art of striptease to the stage for an incredible entertaining time. Another friend told me that even his wife enjoyed it and she isn't even a Star Wars fan. My cousin told me that it was some of the most fun that he ever had in his life, which made me question my cousin's insanity, but that's for another show. Two things are clear. One, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to find this show entertaining, but it does help. And two, if you're not familiar with Barless, it is the art of tease. It's sexy and yes, clothes come off, but there's never no full nudity. It is full of very talented dancers, mostly women, who don't just look good, but bring fully choreographed and complex dance routines that only build and get more high energy as the night goes on. There's only one person smooth and suave enough to host an event like this, and that's Lando Calrissian. But since he is busy, they got his nephew, Eric Newton, who is in full Calrissian wardrobe, including the gorgeous cake. Eric opens the show up with some jokes and some ground rules for everyone to have a good time. One strictly enforced rule is no photography or videotaping at all. Consent from the performers is important in the galaxy, which kind of sucks because I asked for some video, but no one could get it for me. So I can only tell you what I've been told and what has been published by some of the reviews. So here we go. The opening dance is from the movie reference, and you won't look at the ice planet Hoth or think of using a tauntaun to help you keep warm ever again. Next, a dancer as Luke Skywalker is giving her land speeder a wash since it is dusty on Tatooine, all set to Nicki Minaj's starship. And yes, you heard that right, Luke is a girl in a barless. From there, the characters and numbers just keep going. Princess Leia lets her hair down from those buns, and a little later liberates herself from Jabba the Hutt and her prisoner uniform. I and Chewie make appearances in a high energy number. The Emperor brings a lot of campy comedy with Wrecking Ball, proving once again that he is everyone's favorite, and a helpful droid R2-D2 makes it rain dollar bills when appropriate. The numbers range from balletic to modern pop choreography, and feature characters from Stormtroopers, Boba Fett, and the puppeteers in animation. The production and the performance are top notch, with some standout numbers that includes a solo number from a Jedi with a lightsaber. That is beautiful in how it plays with the shadows and lights with the dance. A lovely and lyrical Twi'lek duet to a truly gorgeous number that features an imperial god that uses lighting and their signature red robes to great effect. The show is entertaining and accessible for everyone, as long as you are open to a more than just a little skin. Again though, this is Barless, so the performances are dancing and entertainment focused. For tickets and showtimes, go to www.TheEmpireStripsBack.com. I will put a link in the description. Now let's get back to Brotherhood, because last week we were left on a cliffhanger. 
as Obi-Wan had just used the force to call his lightsaber because he was going through some issues and was about to get shot. Then he feels a disturbance of the force. So let's jump back into the story and find out what's going on now. Anakin Skywalker. Obi-Wan sure loved to give speeches, almost as much as he hated flying. Perhaps that was why they worked well together. Whenever Obi-Wan went into negotiation mode, Anakin rushed forward and balanced that with a lightsaber, usually sparing all of them from Obi-Wan's attempts to talk everyone down. Because sometimes talking didn't work. In this case, though, it bought Anakin some time. He started in an alley upon parting ways with Mill, then found a good spot to leap up, story by story, until he made it onto a neighboring roof. Though a few citizens took in the trial from the roof as well, Anakin moved swiftly enough behind ventilation ducts and in the shadows of the buildings hanging from the overhead arch to remain undetected. He did make the mistake of peering down over the edge, and while heights weren't anything new to him, those usually came from the building above a surface. Here Anakin saw the edge of the bridge city and the long drop through the mist. He shook off the flash of vertigo and leapt forward until he got to the side of a building adjacent to the courtyard. From a short windowed ledge behind some decorative flourishes, he watched Obi-Wan finish his speech. A very good speech. In fact, one that would play well on the holonet before the young guard stirred things into a frenzy. Despite being far above the crowd, their emotional fervor became obvious the way they moved to every point the guard said. He knew even before it was done that Obi-Wan's speech, as strong as it was, would fail in this situation. And as the guards dealt with the ensuing confusion, Anakin perched himself trying to tune in to what Obi-Wan was planning. He planned something, though the choking guard clearly swerved the situation while also dealing with the very practical matter of rifles being drawn and ready. From afar, he picked up a ripple in the force, not something that he necessarily heard with his ears, but the slightest bit of movement around the nearby tall tower, a site where they'd disarmed a bomb the day prior. It didn't matter, though, because something more critical was about to take place here. Anakin gripped his lightsaber, thumb ready to trigger the blade's ignition, his senses reaching into the force. He perched behind the ledge, ready to go. In his mind's eye, he could see the blaster bolts leaving the rifles before they physically did. The speed, angle, and exact trajectory, which his lightsaber would easily deflect. He leapt a fraction of a second before the first rifle discharged. At that instant, many things happened at once, though Anakin experienced them with slowed perception. His boots landed in front of Obi-Wan, who still had his eyes closed in meditation. His lightsaber ignited, the blue blade coming to full length right before his feet touched the ground. The blaster bolts burst into existence and flew out of the muzzles. And over his shoulder, came something completely unexpected. The sound of a lightsaber coming to life. Anakin turned to see what the surprise threat was, 
only to find Obi-Wan's lightsaber flying toward him at full speed. He swung his own lightsaber to deflect the oncoming weapon, but its rapid twirling velocity caught him off guard. Though he blocked enough of the blade to direct it to the ground, it still nicked him on the side of his right shoulder. Ow! He yelled with less dignity than he would have liked. And as Obi-Wan's lightsaber fell to the ground, its blade withdrawing, Anakin ignored the burning pain and kept blocking the oncoming rifle fire. The mechanical arm again. If his mind and body were to complete sync, his arm should have deflected Obi-Wan's link blade right into his former master's hand, allowing them to step into effortless side-by-side -side defensive combat. Instead, Obi-Wan merely looked at him, mouth agape, while Anakin deflected rifle blasts. Anakin, I had a plan! Sorry, Master. The lightsaber blade moved effortlessly, guided by an instinct that both listened to the Force and controlled it. Blaster bolts flew away in all directions, most of them zipping upward to eventually evaporate into nothing. Through all of it, Anakin stayed in control enough to kick Obi-Wan's lightsaber toward him. You gonna join in, or do I have to do all the work? I suppose I should say it's good to see you. The hilt on the ground trembled before flying into Obi-Wan's open palm, its energy blade coming back to life. The back door slid open, announcing the arrival of more guards, and Obi-Wan and Anakin stood back to back, surrounded by the screech of blaster fire and the hum of their whirring lightsabers. I make plans without you now, you know. That's your first mistake. Despite the hail of incoming fire, Anakin moved effortlessly in sync with his former master. You said things always get more complicated when we're together, but they also work better. Battle droids, Obi-Wan yelled, the playfulness leaving his voice. Anakin glanced up to see two small floating transports, each carrying ten curled-up battle droids ready for deployment. We need a way out. Do not hurt the guards. Not even the one running his mouth about the Republic. Especially not him. Anakin wondered just why Obi-Wan would signal that particular nuisance out for protection. But that would have been discussed after everyone stopped shooting at him. Cover me, then follow me. You're giving the orders now, Obi-Wan said. Lightsaber swooping left and right with precise motions. You're gonna have to learn to trust me. I always welcome new experiences. Just a few months ago, the exact same words could have been exchanged between Anakin and Obi-Wan, either in a quiet moment or in the heat of combat. But they would have been laced with condescension and resentment. Somehow, this change in rank, this balancing of roles, this recognition of each other, transformed their verbal jabs from bitter conflict to friendly competitiveness. Were they still the same people, just addressed differently? Those were things for Obi-Wan to ponder. All Anakin knew was that he preferred the version of Obi-Wan with an actual smile to the one with a perennial frown.
We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Try to keep up. With his left arm, Anakin gripped his lightsaber and reached back before hurling it toward the landing battle droids. The clicks and whirs of their deployment sequence were interrupted as the lightsaber flew in an arc launched by human muscle and guided by the Force. Anakin bent the trajectory to his will, and he didn't need to look back to confirm that the spinning blade sliced precisely through the prompted battle droids. The hilt snapped back into his gloved palm, mechanical fingers gripping it before he changed hands and pointed to the way he arrived. That way, we're going up. The force powered him through, a short instant burst carrying him across the courtyard in a blink. He launched upward, landing on the same ledge he'd used to creep into the scene. He twisted behind the ventilation duct and knelt down, and a second later, Obi-Wan was next to him. Another transport flew over him, landing in the courtyard before the sound of more unfurling battle droids came. The young guard's voice echoed throughout the space. Where are they? He screamed. Find them! Roger, Roger. A mechanized voice stated. Well, I suppose Master Windu will know where I am now, Anakin said. Don't worry, I didn't contact the Jedi Council. He called me, or tried to anyway. You came on your own. Sort of. I have help. The clank, clank, clank sound on Battle Droid's rhythmic steps started. Activate scan boosters. They'll find us soon, Obi-Wan said. We need to move. Yeah, Anakin said. I'm working on that. He squinted, first doing a visual scan for any signs of Mill, then tapped into the forest to bring him greater details. You know, I'm going to start tracking how many times I've saved you. Today, the nest of Gundarks, the Moganite bounty hunter and Vased? Obi-Wan adjusted, looking around the corner. I'll have you know that being captured by that swoop bike gang was entirely part of the plan. Like here? If you paid attention today, I was on my way out of here. You, in fact, bumped into my lightsaber. So this doesn't count. He glanced at the charred line on Anakin's sleeve. Are you all right? Me? Of course. He flexed his arm as proof. I'm always all right. Aren't we all? Obi-Wan said, his voice softening before returning to its normal spark. Well, where to? I'm looking for... Anakin considered his words here. At some point, he'd have to explain the fact that he took a youngling on this particular rogue journey. But those complications could wait. They had to get out of here first. My partner. Your partner. Yeah. You'll like her. Her name's Mill. He closed his eyes, reaching into the force, searching for her presence. 
Though they hadn't known each other that long, their shared experiences had built a bond tangible enough to identify, even from a distance. And while he failed to pinpoint her exact location, her presence acted as enough of a beacon to get a general direction. That way. Let's take the rooftops. And stay as stealthy as possible. We have a ship docked on the outskirts away from the primary transportation hubs. She's finding the best path to it. No, wait. I need to find my partner. They hesitated. More floating platforms of guards and battle droids arriving. Orders were shouted in a variety of directions, and the sound of battle droids unfurling echoed throughout the space. Anakin turned, only to find Obi-Wan scanning the horizon. Who is this? Her name is Rug. She's an Amoidian god. An Amoidian? Helping their civilians is one thing, trusting them is another. Anakin, let go of your feelings about them. She's former special ops. I have full confidence in her. We've been working together. You will understand if we cross paths. Except I don't see any sign of her. She is, he said with a small head shake. Very good at hiding, though. It doesn't matter right now. I need to change your plan. Are you trying to pull rank on me? Obi-Wan shook his head, his mouth forming a thin line under his beard. Our investigations have shown that this bombing had both Republic and Separatist ties. There's no simple solution, and I suspect something much worse at play here. But to prove it, we need to recover the evidence from the Cato Neimodian data archive. We can't leave without it. He looked at Anakin, a gravity in his eyes that Anakin had rarely seen. Anakin, you must believe me when I say that the balance of the galaxy is at stake. If we get this evidence, if we expose the fact that other parties are exploiting the Separatist conflict, we may convince both sides to stand down and negotiate before it gets worse. Obi-Wan, he said with a gentle nod, you don't have to convince me. I heard your speech. You should go into politics. Obi-Wan's neutral scowl changed, tilting into a full and rare grin. I hope to give far fewer in the future. Once we get that evidence... Anakin pointed toward a rooftop path. Several buildings in a row of various heights that offered little challenge to force wielders. Any bystanders would have seen silhouettes leaping from ledge to ledge, building to building, moving so swiftly with billowing tunics that they may as well have been Caternemoidia's native birds in flight. At the peak of the rotunda, Anakin put a hand up, and they remained perched while he once more tapped into the force to search for Mill. Give my partner a minute. She's supposed to send a signal when ready. He tracked Obi-Wan's gaze to the now-distant Capitol Plaza, noise from the square still audible. In the meantime, there's something I need to catch you up on. Okay, Mike did it again. How are you going to leave us on a cliffhanger like that, then jump to another character and what he is doing? That just drives me crazy. Even though it leads to the same time, I don't want to go back in time to find out what's going on where we were just at. Even though it was kind of exciting, the way that Mike explained it, and I did like how Anakin came to save the day, even though he messed up Obi-Wan's plan. 
They seem to be able to escape the situation. Then they both say they need to find their partners, and that was about it for that part. It was action-packed, which I liked, but I disliked the way that we had to go back to get where we left off last week. It just really boils my blood. So I think it's about that time that we get to the quote for this week. And this week's quote comes to us from Pulsar. He said, One day you will be proud that you did not give up on your dreams when pursuing them was full of challenges. Until then, keep pushing forward. Life isn't always going to be easy. Sometimes when you are chasing your dreams, you are going to be faced with a lot of challenges and obstacles that might make you want to give up. But here's the thing. One day when you look back at your life, you will be so proud that you didn't give up on your dreams. You will be able to say that you worked through all the tough times and came out on top. Now, I know it's not easy to keep pushing forward when everything seems to be working against you, but that's exactly what you need to do. You need to keep pushing, even when it feels like there's no point, because this is the truth. There is a point. Every step you take, no matter how small, is bringing you closer to your dream. And one day, you'll be living those dreams, and you'll look back and be grateful that you never gave up. Let me tell you a story. When I was younger, I had a dream of starting my own business. But let me tell you, it wasn't easy. I was faced with so many challenges and setbacks along the way. There was many times that I wanted to quit, to give up on my dreams and settle for something easier. But I didn't. I just kept pushing forward. Even when it felt like I was taking one step forward to two steps back. And you know what? Eventually, I achieved my dream. And now, when I look back, I am so proud that I never gave up. So family, I want you to remember this. When life gets tough and you feel like giving up, don't. Keep pushing forward, no matter what. Because one day you'll be looking back and be proud that you didn't give up on your dreams. I promise, if you follow through and don't give up, it'll be worth it in the end. Okay, that's all I have for this episode. Join us next week for part 42 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason Odega. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>